welcome back to the Strong Opinion Hibs podcast. Uh, I'm your host this week, Calvin. I'm joined by Jack and Charlie. How are you doing, guys? I'd be better if Hibs men had won on Saturday, mate, but I'm all right apart from that. How are you? I am not too bad. Busy day at school now. I got my booster yesterday, so my arm's absolutely killing me. Uh, I don't actually go to school if you listen to the podcast, <laughs> my teacher. So, <laughs> But uh, now nah, I'm fine. How are you, Jack? I'm I'm still buzzing from yesterday. Um, natural order continues. Great performance out the girls. Um, yes, yeah, so I was really really happy. Um, so I have got a message for Claire Delworth. I look very happy, Claire. I look very happy. So uh, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. Um, no, it was great to see the Ukraine kits and all that. And um, our fifth Edinburgh derby winning a row and three out of three this season. So I'm really happy. Apparently, a game happened at Pit Audrey this weekend. Not that I was uh, watching it, but uh, yeah. Don't know what happened there, but I just absolutely buzzing for the Hibs women result. Hey, it's it's great to see us um, continue our derby dominance. Perfect. And tonight we're joined by my fiance, and uh, every time I do the podcast, makes it makes my dinner and keeps us keeps us in check. So keeps the podcast ticking over behind the scenes, makes it happen. Hazel, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, had a good night on Friday. Good. Yeah. So that's exactly right. That's the reason uh, Hazel's on the podcast today because. We got invited along um, through the work we do to the Hibernian, the Hibernian Community Foundation Gala Dinner. So unfortunately, Charlie couldn't make it, but myself, Jack and Hazel went along. So three of us went along to the Sheridan Hotel on Friday night. Uh, and the night consisted of, if you've never been to one before, um, consisted of a four-course meal. Uh, there was a silent auction going on with loads of different things that you could um, you could. Um, bid on things from holidays to football shirts to days out so there was loads it was a, it was a really really packed little manual of things you could um, bid on um, there was a live Q&A with cup winning captain Rob Jones as well so we'll just jump into it guys uh, none of us had ever been before I'd never been to the Hibernian um, Community Foundation Gala Dinner the last one was in 2019 and neither had any of you used to so what were your first impressions just as we arrived, Jack? What was your first impressions as we arrived at the dinner? Oh, I thought it was um, excellent. You know, it was a great welcome, obviously. I've got to say, Sherrington staff are all fantastic. Um, it was a great welcome. You know, you got your wee uh, glass of Prosecco, which was nice. Uh, got to do a bit of mingling as well. Um, so it was great to see um, loads of people that we knew, like Dean Gibson, the women's team manager. Um, he was doing a lot of good work there. Um, um, he had a busy night, you know, raising money for um, the raffle and everything like that. We met um, Greg McEwen, the commercial director at the club. Um, Chris, the guy that's in charge of all the sales and stuff, the um, American guy that I think we all know him for saying hello, hello at the AGM, um, which he, he's still joking about that. Kieran Power, the supporter liaison. Um, and I know I've seen a few people that I knew for various parts of the club and everything like that as well. So, yeah, that was really, really nice um, to see all those people. Stevie Carr, who's set up the... Denit Pro Kids, he was on the news again today, which is great to see. But I obviously, Stevie was set up Denit Pro Kids was there. So it was great to sort of mingle everybody, get a bit of networking done, speak to people, um, which was really, really nice. So, yeah, I thought the welcome was um, really good. And the first impressions were, wow, this is a fancy do. I've never been anything like that before. So, aye, it was really, really good. And it was just good to get uh, suited and booted out in the glad rags and enjoy myself and celebrate all the good work that the Community Foundation does for the club. Excellent. I'll just come to you, Hazel. What were your thoughts on arrival? Yeah, it was great. Everyone was really friendly. It was a nice atmosphere. And there were two really lovely women from Utilita. I don't know if you remember them, but they were dead chatty and they were lovely. And the meal was good. And obviously the company was even better. So yeah, it was really good. Oh, and I loved the music. I could tell you two, like, maybe weren't up for dancing. You were more like in awe of all the 
all the players and all the other people, but I thought it was great. It was really good fun. And there was people from like every background as well. It wasn't just really famous people. There was a real mix. So that was really nice to see. Yeah, that was a good mix. There was a lot of people for sort of, like you said, different backgrounds and different aspects and different sort of people who have something to do with Hibs or related to Hibs in some way or another. Um, So just as Hazel touched on there, um, we were socialising with quite a few people and we were speaking to women from the sponsor Utilita. Uh, They were really interesting. Jack, was there anyone that uh, sort of you were interested, got interested speaking to? I had a fantastic conversation with the uh, legend and club ambassador Pat Stanton and uh, the club historian Tom Wright. Uh, I've got to say, first of all, that's the first time I'd actually met Tom. I've um, read his books and obviously I'm sure anybody that knows about Hibs will know Tom um, through his work he does with the Hibs Historic Foundation. He's the official club historian. And basically, um, we had a fantastic conversation about Hibs in Europe. Um, and yeah, somehow I managed to make it about German football as I always do. But um, he was he was really great with that because he was telling me all about when we played Rottweiss S in Hamburg, looking at Leipzig, and um, he actually offered um, they do a book exchange at their old football memories, and he's got a German football book that he said he'd hand in to the club store for me to pick up at some point. So that was a really nice one, but a really nice guy to speak to, really interesting. I tell you, um, he, if he ever comes on to do the Hibs quiz, I think he'd be getting six out of six. Um, to- Tom was an amazing guy, really interested, fountain of knowledge, and yeah, it was great to hear from folk like that because obviously I'm into all that as well. So it was great that and Pat Stanton, just what a gent, you know, honestly. Comes to a real sort of bygone era of football and footballers didn't act like rock stars, you know, they were just genuine guys on the pitch playing mm-hmm. it for the love of the game, you know, back when there wasn't big wages in it like that. And Pat, you know, he was one of my granddad's favourite players um, when he was sort of a young man. So to speak to Pat Stanton and get his stories about... Um, playing back then and uh, just a bit of a chat with him was absolutely outstanding. Um, so I've got to say definitely um, Pat and Tom, but also, like I was touching on there, Stevie from uh, Denit Pro Kids. We were just talking about Ukraine um, and how like horrible the situation is there. And it's such a beautiful country um, that Hibs has such a deep connection with through Denit Pro Kids. So, yeah, I think it was amazing for that point of view. Lewis, the CEO of the Community Foundation as well, such a nice guy to speak to. He's also such a genuine guy. Um, so, yeah, I think those are the people that sort of uh, really stood out for me to speak to, but Pat Stanton especially, because I'm, I'm a um, fan of the old football and the old Hibs, and to speak to Pat, who was such a big legendary player back then, was outstanding and really sort of privileged to be able to do that. Good, I think that's a quite a good summary. You certainly had a good night. You weren't shy for jumping in and speaking to people. I was dead proud of you, so good man. Uh, so Hazel, what did you think of the meal? Sometimes the meals at these dinners can be a wee bit of a hit or a miss, but what did you think of the four courses? Yeah, no, the food was really good. Um, I think we sort of unanimously decided that the pudding was our favourite. So, yeah, and it was quite enjoyable explaining to you and Jack what the different vegetables were that you've never seen before. So uh, that was good. But no, it was lovely. And the people at our table were really nice as well. It was a, genuinely a good atmosphere. Nobody looked like they didn't want to be there. So it was a really good buzz about the place. Um, yeah, and there was like tea and coffee at the end and loads of like nice little chocolates and stuff. So no, it was amazing. And it saved me having to cook for a night, so even better. Yeah, no, that was good. The, the meal was very good. And I was saying that to Jack as well. There were some 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 of the courses that came out were that fancy. I had no idea what they were, eh? <laughs> but, uh, no, it was lovely. And it was uh, definitely good value for money as well in terms of like, the quality of the food and things like that. I thought it was actually really, really nice. Because uh, I've been to a few dinners like that before and it's always sort of like a... Seems like someone's just heated up some stuff for Aldi, but no, that was well prepared and well made. Like it was really nice. Um, so Hazel, I'll just come to you about the entertainment. What did you think of the entertainment? That was one of your most favourite parts. 
Oh, yeah, it was good. It was like an 80s band. can't remember their name. Jack, can you remember their name? It was Rubik's Cubes or something like that. Aye. Oh, that's right, aye. Like my walking encyclopedia. Um, yeah, so no, they were amazing. And they were like really up for it. Sometimes a band, you can get them and they're sort of standing there and you can tell they just want to get home. But no, they had a real buzz about them. And yeah, everyone was getting up and dancing. You were a little bit more shy, Calvin. Aye, that's right. Big no, I was I wasn't up for that. I was there on, on business. It was a business trip for me. Eh? I was there <laughs> up for dancing. Like, eh? I've got all that to come. So, um, no, I was firmly planted in my seat. But uh, no, there was. Lo- I was surprised at how many people were up dancing. Though, like, it was really good, and it was nice to see them. Like, I guess just celebrating the work they'd done because they all worked really hard in that, and there was a lot of good aspects uh, of things people had done. So it was nice to see folk enjoying themselves, especially after the lockdown and everyone kind of being apart for everyone to be together was really nice. Definitely. Um. So Jack, I'll just one one question for you. What did you think of the Q and A with Rob Jones? Obviously, Rob Jones was there. Fifteen. It was actually fifteen years to the day uh, since Hibs won the two thousand and seven CIS Cup um, on Friday night there, and Rob Jones came back to do you know a speech and he told us some stories from his time at Hibs. What did you make of that? I thought it was brilliant. I honestly thought I'd, all that sort of stuff's right up my street, so I, I thought it was outstanding. And um, hearing from Rob Jones, it was brilliant when we were all singing the song when he was coming up um, uh, to speak to Barry or Jones. Everything like, oh, it was brilliant. The whole room was doing it, eh? Um, and I, I thought that was um, good. And then I, it, it was just, it just tell you what sort of guy he was and how much that meant to him. Um, I think he's one of my favourite Hibs captains in terms of, like how much passion he always showed out on the pitch and everything. Um, and I thought the best bit was like when Barry said, how would you describe yourself as a captain? And Rob Jones said, back then I was a lunatic. Like, I, was like, I wanted to win it. Even if it was just like um, passion drills and training, he wanted to win it. You know what I mean? He, he wanted to win everything and he wanted to be the best. And yeah, I think it was great. Also, you know, as people know, I'm a big fan of Louis Stevenson. So here, um, Rob talking about Louis as well. In the same way that Boozy spoke about Louis when we spoke to Boozy, that was great. So, yeah, that was definitely a highlight of the evening for me. I also just like to say that I managed to get Mafisog in the programme for the night as well, um, obviously talking about the changing room. Um, obviously, I got my face and a coat in there. So, anywhere I go, I managed to get uh, recognised, and at least it isn't for that uh, incident at Easter. No, I'm kidding. Um, but, uh, aye, it's, it's good to sort of see that I was in there because the changing room really did mean a lot to me. And I think we'd have to have a whole other podcast. You know, we'd be here for about two hours if I had to sit here and explain what the changing room did for me. So I felt really nice to see that in there um, and sort of be part of it because I have directly benefited to something the Community Foundation's done. Perfect. So that sort of leads on to my next talking point, Jack. Um, last sort of thing to round up. As they were bringing out the courses, they were playing short clips of some of the work that the, the Community Foundation had done over the years. So there was interaction with sort of school kids playing football and doing training sessions with the local kids. Um, there was the, the changing room, like you're saying. Uh, there was also other bits and pieces like the fitness group. Um, what what piece of work did caught your eye that you saw Hibs doing in that? Well, obviously, I'd have to say the changing room because, like I said, I've directly um, uh, benefited from that. And I know how much, like, obviously, they brought Craig on. And Craig's a really great guy, honestly. They brought Craig on for the video. They interviewed him um, for a video. And, yeah, I think seeing how much it impacted not just myself, but the guys in the group as well was outstanding um, because I think we all came into it with our own issues and our own background. But we left as guys that, you know, we'd sort of become a group and we could talk about our mental health and we could sort of support each other. We'd set up a wee support network there, which is brilliant. I think the other one I'd like to sort of point out is all the community teams 
at Hibs for the Girls Academy, which is obviously creating elite level talent. Um, you know, you've, you have players like Siobhan Hunter, Joel Murray, um, Shannon Leishman, they've all went through the Girls Academy and the Boys Community Academies, and everything like that. I think that just shows you like how much of a force for good Hibs are in the community that they're bringing. These are kids that, you know, they might not have a chance in football if the club didn't provide that because um, academies obviously can be quite expensive to go to. Um, you know, a lot of elite level clubs want quite a bit of money to get into the academy and, you know, there's a lot of running about to do. Hibs just make sure that they're giving um, these kids a chance and I think that was excellent and especially the girls' academy for how much I support the women's game, the girls' academy is fantastic and we really have got one of the best academy teams in Scotland, I'd say, for um, women and girls' football. Perfect. And Hazel, uh, just come to you, what was one of the pieces of work that stood out to you? Um, definitely the, I would say probably the women's sports class. It looked like they were running at the bottom of Easter Road as you go in. You know where the food is. Yeah, so yeah. That definitely. really stuck out for me and I thought, well, we lived a lot closer. That would be something I'd be interested in. And the women looked really happy doing it. And it can be hard for women, especially of a certain age, to like get out and make time. But they seem to really yeah, be making a big difference. I think that women had lost like a stone and a half or something. So, yeah, that was really good. Nice. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it was quite nice for them to have sort of a safe, a safe place to go and people be in the same, the same boat. But I think just to sort of sum it up, guys, I think one of the things that I thought was really nice about the net is you actually realised like although Hibs is you know a football club and it's the eleven players on the pitch at the end of the day, like it's actually so much bigger than that. Like the whole community that goes around it and a lot of support they do for the wider community. Like you're saying, Hazel, you know the women in the sports classes or Jackson, the guys at the changing room. Like it's brilliant to see that the club's offering a lot more than just a sports team. Uh, so I thought that was really, really good as well. And um, so if you could sum up the sort of evening or if you had a message to somebody who's never been to the Hibernian Community Foundation, what would your message be, Hazel? Just be to go. Have a great night. It was really, really good. Like, I would go back this weekend. It was amazing. Um, and, like, social events aren't necessarily my thing, but it was very welcoming and very easy going. And, yeah, it was really nice. Everyone there seemed really happy. So, yeah, can't knock it was amazing. Good. And Jack? I'd say, yeah, I mean, get along and um, see everything that the amazing that our community foundation does. And you'll meet some great people as well. Um, I think it's a chance to get to know some figures from the club that maybe they don't get enough recognition for what they do. You know, guys like um, Greg yeah. and Kieran that do a lot of work behind the scenes and maybe don't get the recognition that they um, deserve and same with Lewis as well I've got to say like you know guys for the community foundation like Lewis and um, even Dean you know we all know Dean through his role as the women's manager but he does do a lot of work for the community foundation um, outside of his remit as the coach of the women's team so you know even guys like Dean and Stuart and um, all, all the folk for the women's team as well and um, obviously there's quite a few of the staff or the club volunteers for the women's team helping out there um, you know helping with signing everybody in and everything like that so if you've ever been to a women's game you know the girls that um scan your ticket and everything. They were helping out at, on the night yeah, as well. So yeah. I think it's a good chance to see some of the folk from behind the scenes at the club that maybe don't get the recognition that they deserve. So it's a chance for them to get recognised. And, uh, and again, it's a chance to speak to some legends like Pat Stanton, like Rob Jones in a more relaxed setting as well. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'd have to say. And also, uh, it was good grub. Uh, um, there was a lot of haggis going on, but it was good. <laughs> good. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. So, well... That'll sum up that wee section. Thanks for joining us, Hazel, and giving you sort of giving um, your point of view <clears throat> and your thoughts and things like that towards the, the event on Friday night. But I appreciate appreciate your time. So 
Perfect. Thanks for your time. Right, bye. See ya. Okay, now guys. For so the, now for the depressing bit. <laughs> yeah, now, now for the, the sort of more depressing bit, as Charlie might say, right. The men's first team travelled up to Pataudry, 3-1 loss up at Pataudry. So there was two changes from the team that beat Motherwell uh, 2-1 the previous week. Rocky comes back into the squad to place to replace Henderson and Macy is replaced by Dabrowski. And it looks like we went for a 4-3-3 setup. Um, what's your thoughts on the lineup, guys? Any big surprises? Uh, I think my biggest one was I don't think Rocky should have went straight back in after being suspended. Um, you know, you've got to build him back in because he's obviously been sent off. So, you know, you can't just reward a player for getting sent off by starting the next game. Um, but I do realise that we have no other real options. So that was probably the... And obviously, I, I knew Macy wouldn't, have, wouldn't make it because he was struggling a wee bit in the Motherwell game. So I sort of expected Dabrowski to start, but nah, it was... Rocky was probably the biggest one, wasn't he? I I kind of think that, to be fair, I think bringing Rocky back in made relatively, relatively good sense because... When you, when you think about it, the defensive record's been really good recently. So bringing him back in, like I can see why Maloney's maybe done it because Petodri's quite a difficult place to go, obviously, and he's probably trying to like, shop, shop at the back and try and ship as many goals, which obviously didn't work. Jack, what was your thoughts? To be fair, like, I wasn't overly surprised when uh, with the lineup. to be honest. You know, I knew Macy playing was going to be very unlikely because he was toiling against Motherwell, you could tell. Um, I, I have to agree with Charlie on the Rocky one. I don't think... I don't think he just put a player right back in there because um, what a, he's been suspended. You know, I don't think that's exactly... And I can see Kelvin playing funny buggers down there. Um, so, I've got it now. I should have had that at the start. Yeah, should have had my beautiful face in it. Exactly. Anyway, um, I think Rocky, yeah, to be honest, if you've been suspended, I don't think you should go right back into the team because I, I think, obviously, you can't... As Charlie said, it's like, Giving a, a bad kid sweets after they've had their time out, you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I do think I do think that is it for me, and I think we played perfectly fine without him. I'm not saying oh, I I like Rocky as a player, but I think we played perfectly fine without him in Motherwell. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? Um, I think oh, that's the, a good point. Don't I think yeah, I think the defence we had against Motherwell worked fine. I think if we, I'm not saying like obviously that result would have been different, but if we maybe stuck with defence we played against Motherwell things might have been a bit different at Pridge obviously um, Rocky I don't think it was his fault but obviously Rocky gave away the penalty um, Aberdeen's first penalty so I, I do have to say that that one was interesting to me but yeah apart from that no surprises line up wise and it was good to see Melkerson getting the start again because he was deserving of it I was going to say just in terms of like the defence I mean I obviously was, didn't, didn't make it last week but I thought the defence against the Motherwell game, I thought it looked like they had a mistake in them. Uh, and sometimes it looked like they struggled with dealing with high balls in sort of first 10 minutes, 10, 10 15 minutes of the game. Uh, and they looked a wee bit shaky, I thought, against Motherwell. And then uh, obviously that was the case at the weekend as well. So, uh, Dabrowski um, coming back in, I think they're pretty much like for like in terms of ability, in my opinion anyway. Um, but So, Hibs go 1-0 up. Uh, if you're Chris Cadden Cross, uh, Aberdeen player Ramsey scores an on goal, puts it in his net. How did you feel when we went ahead? Did you feel as though sort of last week has spurred us on to give us confidence to turn a corner? Yep. I honestly, see, when I saw us 1 0 up, I thought, here we go, because 
you know, but this is probably to me is one of the worst Aberdeen teams I've seen in a little while. You know, um, I think as uh, Aberdeen are obviously one of Scotland's bigger clubs, you don't expect them to be in tenth place in the league. Um, and I think a lot of Aberdeen fans would probably sit here and agree with me that they've had a less than satisfactory season. You know, they were complaining about last season when they still got into Europe. Um, they were upset they didn't manage to get third. I think this season's been a hell of a lot worse for them. Obviously, they took a gamble on glass. That didn't work. Um, and then they've obviously brought in Goodwin. I think he's been a bit hit and miss so far. Um, he's got some good results here and there, but at the same time, he's got sort of silly um, points dropped at the games Aberdeen should be winning. So, yeah, I was obviously, um, I think that one for me, it, it, it was like, okay, we went 1-0 up. We really should go for more. Now, I've got to say, it's not the first time Cadden's scored and not meant it this season, obviously. He had that one against Livy as well. Um, but yeah, I think, to be honest, we got slightly lucky with that one, the way that Ramsey was just there to sort of deflect it in. Um, mm. Obviously, he was under pressure for Doig. Um, but yeah, I think we got did get slightly lucky there. Um, We've been um, due a bit of luck this season, though. We have been due a bit of luck. We've put a lot of dangerous crosses into this bo- into the box this season. And there's, oh, and aye, absolutely. A touch, a touch away from going in and making a world of a difference, turning and all that, of those draws into wins and... You know, you'll take it, that. you know what I mean? You'll take it. Yeah. If, a player, if a player's there, even if it isn't your own to deflect it into the net, then you'll take it. It's a goal. Go win the lip. I think that summed up the game. That, that was the, about the only decent thing that happened to a Hibs point of view, to be honest, um, in front of goal. I think it was another game where, to me, we were quite toothless up front, um, lacking that sort of killer touch. And I think that's what we really need that in games like this. Your Audrey's not an easy place to go. We don't have a good mm-hmm. record up there. So you need to have the killer touch. Um, so yeah, I think on that though, it did give me a lot of confidence that when I seen we were 1-0 up and I thought, here we go, happy weekend, um, turned out uh, that preceded disaster. Aye, so I agree, with, I agree with what you're saying there, mate. So first penalty to Aberdeen, um, what were your thought, thoughts on that, guys? It's not, well, it's not a penalty by the rules. If it hits off another part of your body and hits your arm, it's no penalty. So, mm. I mean, I'll come to it later on when we talk about the second one, but the referees need to, re- need, need to re-read the rule book because in the Scottish football rule or in general football rule, that's not a penalty. So, mm. and, and, you know, I, I wasn't surprised when I seen it. Um, I seen the highlight. I was out on Saturday, so I missed the game. So, thankfully, I only caught the highlights, but you know, it's not a penalty by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and Maloney's right to complain about it. Um, but, you know, we should never be in that position of having to, to worry about the penalty. Um, so, I, I mean, it's not a penalty, but I'm a bit frustrated that it got to that stage where we conceded one. Yeah, and Jack? Yeah, I'm the same as Charlie on that. It's not, it's not a penalty for me. Um uh, obviously, that's caused a lot of division in the camp, even amongst Hibs fans. You know, a lot of people are saying that Rocky was a bomb, is a bomb scare and everything like that. I wouldn't say he is. I mean, I actually quite like Rocky as a player, um, mm. and it, it's not his fault. And again, looking at the rules, if it hits off your arm in another part of your body, it's not a handball. Um, so yeah, for me, it's not a penalty, but we shouldn't have been in that situation. I think it was schoolboy stuff. Again, I would say what it's like for Motherwell's goal. Um, in the cup game, we played ourselves into a bit of trouble there. Um, and yeah, it shouldn't have got to that point. But at the same time, it is unfortunate. And I do feel for Rocky because now he'll sort of feel a bit of pressure. He'll feel that it was his fault. 
it, and it really wasn't. You know, he couldn't have done anything differently in that situation for me. So, yeah, it, it was just a disappointing penalty to concede. And um, it sort of then set the tone for what happened next. Exactly. So just to reiterate what Sean Maloney said in his interview as well, he said the first penalty decision was wrong. Hits Rocky's knee before it hits his arm, so the rules are that it shouldn't have been a penalty. Um, I think, I think uh, just the same as you, I mean, it, it has to be deliberate for me. It has to be a deliberate handball. Um, otherwise, it's it's not a penalty. Do you know what I mean? I think it's uh, getting the ball hit at yeah, that point blank range, and especially as fast as the players hit it as well. It's, like, it's impossible to move his hand out of the way. Um, so coming on to the second one, Sean Maloney said, let's see if you agree with Maloney and what your sort of take on the second penalty is. Because to be honest with you, after the first penalty, we never really seemed to recover. After they equalised, we seemed to put ourselves under, under a, a lot of pressure again and sort of fell out of the game. But the second penalty comes, uh, was that the, Sean Maloney says, the second one was the correct decision with the penalty, but wrong, but the wrong one to send Porteous off. It definitely, uh, Portis definitely takes a player trying to get the ball, but if you make an attempt to get the ball, then it's not a red card. Um, obviously, that's just the rules and that. What's your what's your thoughts on that, Charlie? You said you had to be something to say. Yes, you can't you can't go down the job double jeopardy route. You can't give a penalty in a red card today. It's as simple as that, and the referee's got it wrong. <clears throat> and um, Maloney's every right to be angry with that because Changes I've watched the game. him. Well, it does change the game, but. It, like, you, the referees, again, they just need to read the rules. Again, you can't send someone off if he goes for the ball. And I know he's behind them, and it's a hard one to get the ball there, but he's made an attempt to get the ball. Aye, it's a penalty. I, I think it is a penalty, but you can't send them off. So, that is what it is. Like, yeah, like it def- definitely changes the game. But, in my, like, you can't, you can't send someone off after you get a penalty away. But, like I say, Maloney's having the right to be annoyed because mm. it's just a blatant disregard of the rules. Aye. Jack? Yeah, I'm, I've got to say it, it was a very harsh sending off. It was a very, very harsh sending off. Um, I think another referee wouldn't have given the red card. He was just given the penalty. It was a penalty. I'm going to say that right now, full disclosure, to me it was a penalty. Um, but it's not a sending off. Again, the referees I need to re-familiarise themselves with the rule book. Um, yeah. I think that whole double, de- double jeopardy argument does come into it there, and I agree. It, it, it was, it's unfair, and of course, what was even worse is after, you know, the whole thing of we, we, we'd sort of got, we thought we'd put all the poachers stuff to bed, um, and sadly the laddie gets himself sent off for no, for no good reason. Obviously, yeah, I think it was a bit of a, Silly, silly challenge to make in terms of getting away the penalty, but it's never a red. It's never a red. So yeah, I yeah. think I, I, I do feel for him in that because you know what's going to happen. Um, the media will be out in force. The witch hunt will be back um, on, and that'll be that. So I do feel for Porteous in that situation. <clears throat> um, unfortunately, I don't see the appeal being successful. I've lodged an appeal, but I don't see that being successful. The SFA overturning. I tell you what, see if the SFA overturn the red card for Porteous, I think we can guarantee that Putin will probably press the button in the next few days because <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think I, I genuinely don't think I could see that happening. It's more likely that uh, dinosaurs are gonna come back to life than the SFA overturning a red card for Porteous. But yeah. Our hearts to win the League Cup. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, well, there, there's something even more. Yeah, but I, I do think it was harsh, and I really feel for him because he doesn't deserve. I, 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 again, we did a whole other podcast for this, but he doesn't deserve the stick he gets. Um, and I do really feel for him. Um, for, it's because he's one. passionate. It's because he's passionate. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he's every, he's everything you want a Hibs player to be or a Hibs captain to be. Hibs through, and, Hibs through and through. A good football player and passionate. He loves playing for the club. He loves the well, badge. Yeah, I think Siobhan's got that before. Siobhan, when she was younger, Siobhan Hunter, she used to get a lot of criticism. Not obviously not from the media as much, but like from other opposition mm-hmm. fans and opposition coaches. Siobhan, when she was younger, used to get a lot of that as well. They're very similar players in that respect. Um, that they're, they're quite old-fashioned, but they're not afraid to um, go in there and make challenges. And obviously, they're both big Hibs fans, so they wear their heart on their sleeve when they're playing. So, yeah, yeah I've, got, I've got to agree with that. He is a passionate young lad, and you can't fault him for that. We need that. You know, we need that bit like, of passion like, and a like bit of willingness to get stuck in. Like Boozy said in his interview with us, mate, like, we're losing that in the game. We're losing yeah, exactly. that. exactly. You know I mean? And if you keep on... It's 100% a witch hunt, because like, what I was going to say about the Portis thing is, Aye, it's a red card in that, but even even if he hadn't sent him off there, Ramirez would have just probably put out a tweet and then the SFA would have banned <laughs> him last time. Do you know what I mean? So he was going to get it one way or another, and that last time he was sent off was an absolute joke as well. Um, but see, I was thinking about it, right? And see the media, it is complete bias because if you look at, I was thinking, of who's a thug in Scottish football? The first one that jumps to my mind is Alan McGregor. That guy's an absolute fucking, absolute bampot, man. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if you will be old enough to remember. You might be young at the time, but there was an incident where Riordan and Riordan went head to head with um, He didn't even go head to head with McGregor. You'll find this on YouTube. And McGregor falls down like he's been shot, and he's holding his head in that, trying to get Riordan sent off. And I, didn't I even, remember. I was. I think I was at the game. I didn't even think. I think McGregor got a yellow card for it. That's red card behaviour. That's blatant cheating. And look at the one he done to Mike Nulty too. Mm. Ken, that died during the press pretty quick. Ken, I mean, Ken, the moment he kicked it and then he actually, he kicked the ball, then he actually put his foot forward to catch Mike Nulty's back with his studs. That's bloody assault. Do you know what I mean? See if Portis had done that because they'd be, they, they, they'd be wanting them, they wouldn't want, be wanting them to play fit boy in the mirror. Seriously. Yeah. You've it, just it's, got, actually, you've... it's actually crippling the country as well because there's that Halkett being called up to the Scotland squad for Hearts. Fair enough, a lot of my Jambo mates have been singing his praises this year and saying he's been really, really good. However, look at the stats. Portis has been the best defender in the league this year. Portis you know is I mean? statistically the best centre-back in the league and he's not getting called up for the national team. And it's causing this media witch hunt, do you know what I mean? It is, it seriously is. It's ridiculous. It's rid- it is ridiculous. It's actually, it's actually embarrassing. And you look at the pundits on sports scene and that as well. I mean, last week you've got McFadden, who's ex Motherwell, um, who was the other one? Um, Mikey Stewart, who obviously played for us, but he for Hearts as well. It's, it is biased. Yeah, I mean, look at them. The first thing they say about that standing off with McGabby is no, it's a bad challenge. It's look at Porteous. Look at the way Porteous is reacting. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it's embarrassing, man. It's seriously embarrassing. Like, if you look at the Aberdeen players after. Portis makes that challenge. They're all up in his face as well, up in the rest's face, wanting a red card. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? That's what players are going to do. I mean, I I don't I hate to sort of break the news to um, the folk that started on that, but that's what players do. Any players going to do that, no matter what Look at level. Chelsea. I mean, I work at, I work in the third division of women's football in Scotland. We get that. You know, we get in with City that if a player's got 
going to get a red cup or something, the girls up in their faces for that. It's going to happen at any level of football. But again, that obviously doesn't suit the anti-Portis agenda um, to recognise that fact. Because I see, I've seen it before. Um, I'll tell you, when McFadden in particular, he used to be at it all the time. Any time an opposition player had done a dirty tackle on him, he'd be refing, you know what I mean? So that's what you're going to do. So suddenly, it's a bit of the pot calling the kettle black for me, that, to be honest. It's a bit hypocritical. Just any player's going to do that. If you've had a bad challenge done here, your, your teammates had a bad challenge done, and of course you're going to be um, wanting the card and everything like that. And of course you're going to be happy when you get a decision that's sort of going to make the game a bit easier for you. Um, that, that's, that's as simple as that. You know what I mean? That's that's it. You know, they're, they're, they're footballers. They, they have emotions. They're no robots. I agree with you. So just, just to move on then, you would have seen some of the crazy shouts about Mal- Maloney out and things like that after the game, but he definitely does have his doubters. And a lot of people are saying, you know, he's not experienced enough and things like that. And I'm not going to entertain the argument. I'm not even going to entertain that conversation. But one of the things I'd just like to point out is the um, some of the stats from the weekend. So, Aberdeen 62% in possession compared to our 38%. Aberdeen with 14 shots to our 7. Uh, shots on target for Aberdeen, 5. We've got 2 shots on target. Um, you know, what's your sort of thoughts on that in terms of the overall? It seems like we were, to be honest with you, dominated uh, at the weekend there. Yeah, I think in terms of the shots on target, mate, Melkers ain't got no service, eh? So it's hard Same to get shot. Same story as Nisbet all year. Nice uh, and I mean... There's an argument that a midfielder should be shooting, and it's the argument that I've been driving for ages. But you know, if you're a striker whose main job on the pitch is to score, isn't getting the service, you're you're going to struggle to get shots away. Um, yeah. But I we were just we were I don't know, I was just frustrated. Yeah, we got up to the team tenth in the league. Doesn't matter who it is, you should be going and expecting you're going to win. I realise that in a few weeks, if we didn't win our next two games, we could be sitting tenth. So uh, the league is that tight this year. Um, yeah. So it's probably not a fair reflection on Aberdeen, but you know, the league is that tight that you need to be beating the teams around you um to establish some Raven space. You know, you look at Hearts this season, they've done that. They've beat everyone in the league around them except us. Um so you know, we we need to we need to go into our next game against them United and we need to win. You know, it's as simple as that. We can't yeah. afford we can't afford to drop points in our next two games. I know going to Tynecastle winning's a big ask, but mm. um, you know we can't right. afford because we didn't want to look back at the season and be like, well, it could have been so much better, but we finished tenth. You know, it's no that's not a fair reflection on our season either. But right. it's it is what it is. Like the league is that tight, so you need to win your games that and the teams around you. Jackal. Yeah, I'm the I'm the same as Charlie. You know, you can't be afford to drop points like that. Like that, silly silly losses like that could be the difference between finishing fourth or fifth or finishing tenth. That's how, and genuinely, that's how tight the league is. And you drop points, that's it. You're putting yourself in jeopardy. Maybe tenth wouldn't be a fair reflection of the season, but that's tough because you've lost that. That one loss could impact that. So we can't afford to drop points. I know. Again, I agree. Going out to Tynecastle and winning is going to be a huge ask, but. You know, yeah. I think we just can't afford to lose any games now. Is the main thing. I getting draws would be all right because we've seen that the teams sort of below us and around us, they're sort of dropping points at similar times to us as well. I think there's a few teams around us that have a tougher run of games than us. So I do think that in terms of that, we could be all right with some draws, but I think games like United need to win that. 
we don't win United, I think you can kiss goodbye to European football. I hate to say that. Yeah, I'll be I honest, hate yeah, to be negative, think, but we can kiss goodbye to European football. Don't think we're good enough for European football anyway, if we're being, real, if we're being realistic. We're not good enough. I think we we're, could... We're not we could, good enough. We could we possibly... This current squad we've got now, we wouldn't beat a team like Rijeka. Not for me. We could possibly sneak the Conference League spot in fifth, the extra Conference League spot in fifth. Or we might get in by winning the... If we win the Cup, we'd be in the Europa League playoff round. Um, which would make things interesting, um, which means you'd be guaranteed group stage football, because if you lose in the playoff round of the Europa League, you're into the Conference League group stage. So that would be interesting. So I think if we're going to get into Europe, it would be sneaking fifth or winning the cup. I don't, I I really can't see us getting fourth. Um, yeah, the good thing is we've got our own, the, we've got our fate in our own hands. That's one exactly, thing. Exactly, that's it. We can control what we are going to do, and that's why we can't be a fourth. The second thing point. as well is, though, Jack, we've had our fate in our hands for about the last two months. But, but that's that's it, you know. But but it's the onus is on us to win the games and drop week week, and that's it. Um, it doesn't matter what's happened before; it's only what's happening in the future. But I think for me, what I have got to say is, I think that wasn't a to me that wasn't a Maloney style performance. You know, in previous games under Maloney, we've had possession, um, we've sort of controlled games, we've just been unlucky, or we've maybe just not had that sort of killer instinct. Yesterday, we were. Sorry, yesterday, not yesterday. Um, Saturday, we were lacking basically any sort of drive all over the park. For me, defence, I thought the defensive performance was uncharacteristically shaky. Usually, um, under Maloney, we've been quite solid at the back. Um, I think um, the attack, toothless for me. Midfield, um, the, they were the reason the attack were toothless because they weren't getting the service. And I feel sorry for Melkerson, and again, it sort of it feeds back why you sort of got to sympathise with Nisbet. Is he's not getting the service, and, we're, and again, JDH, why can't he replicate what he did at Easter Road? Just take a pop. You know you can do it. You know you're capable of it. Can what I mean? So I think for me, yeah, all over the park we were sort of lacking in any sort of driving. Cadden is the only player for me that sort of gets any form of pass marks. I think Cadden put in his usual solid shift for me. Um, but yeah, it was just disappointing to see because we know the lads are capable of putting in good performances. We've seen it. Motherwell, Ross County, we've seen it. So I, it is massively frustrating for me. And again, it, say, I agree with what Charlie said. Um, the Aberdeen, the whole thing about Aberdeen are 10th. And that is, again, one a very average Aberdeen. So I'm not saying that against Aberdeen, by the way. Not at all, because again, I think a lot of their supporters would agree with me. That is a bang average Aberdeen side and not to the level an Aberdeen side should be. An Aberdeen side should be challenging for Europe, no thinking, oh, are we maybe going to be in the playoffs? You know what I mean? So I, I think you've got to look at it like that. Um, an Aberdeen side should be nearer the title race than they should be the relegation battle. So, yeah, for me, hugely disappointing and one that we've genuinely got to learn from and sort of go, right, no more of that. And I mean, I know we should say that about other games, but seriously, this one's the wake-up call for me about, right, need to learn from the mistakes. Um, right, I think, I think, there's, a, I think there's a lot we need to take out and learn for that. It's becoming all too of a regular occurrence. Uh, yeah, I unfortunately right. it is. Anyway, let's move on to the women's game. So the women's oh, derby. thank goodness for that. Right, women's derby. Uh, it's third Edinburgh derby of the season. Hibs had won the previous two. One at Easter Road and one at Swinecastle. Right, um, before we get started, the obvious was the big uh, change in the kits. So yep. Hibs uh, sort of in linking up with the Dnipro Kids Foundation to support the the work that they do there wore blue and yellow kits. What was your thoughts, guys? 
I thought it was amazing. It was quite a, mi- quite a mixed review online. Few, few folk liked it, few folk didn't they? What was your thoughts? I thought it was amazing, honestly. I think it's a great show of solidarity. And I, I, I know a lot of Ukrainian people, obviously, as people know. Um, so I think it was really nice to see that our club doing that show of solidarity. And I think the women's team, you know, again, they, they are, are based on the charity arm of the club. They're run by the charity arm of the club, the Community Foundation. So to see the women's team do it was even better because, you know, the, the girls are always willing to do their bit. And I think it was just, I think it's a really nice kit. Um, what was funny was I was having a wee laugh with Ria after the game um, because obviously she had Zinchenko's number. So I was expecting a Zinchenko-like performance because the shorts really looked like the Ukraine national team shorts just with a Hibs badge on them. So yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was an excellent idea. The kits looked really, really nice and it was a great show of solidarity with a country. As I was saying earlier on in the podcast, we have deep connections with it. And I'd like to say, I mean, I'm not calling anybody out. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, but anybody sort of complaining about it because they had blue on it or whatever, right? Sort of get a grip. Uh, you're, you're allowed not to like it, but I think you can maybe keep it to yourself just this once. It was to raise money for charity. It was to show solidarity with a country that's been illegally invaded, I'd like to remind you, by a hostile power. You know, folk are getting bombed out of their houses. Folk are having to flee what they've known. And you're coming on and making a smart-ass comment on Twitter. I don't, I don't think it's the time or the place for it. And I think, you know, the, the girls really, I, I just thought it was amazing. And I, I, it was, it's a really smart, as you can see behind me, a really smart kit in the person, obviously. Um, yeah, it was great. And it was even better to pump the jambos in it. So, uh, yeah, but I, I do I do think it was a great touch um, by the girls. And it was great to Joma to organise that as well. So that's what I've got to say about it. But yeah, I was a bit annoyed with some of the smart Alec comments that were made by some people because it's just unnecessary. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it's a good thing. I could understand, like, see if that had been released as a third shot and it had nothing to do with Ukraine. I maybe understand with people getting a bit annoyed. Aye. But it's for charity and it's for a people that are suffering horribly right now. Um, you know, and I, I've just got to say, yeah, it's just keep it to yourself, folks. Hey, that, that, that's it. And I'm not saying anybody's not allowed to have an opinion, but sometimes opinions are best kept in here. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so, and Charlie? Yeah, yeah I like to make um, it's nice to see that people are able to to own one as well as, uh, you know, being able to potentially win one of the, the shirts that was used in the game. Um, I really liked it. Um, you know, I can see past the blue. I never want blue to be on a hip stop, but um, for obvious reasons. But, you know, I can see past that when it's for Ukraine. Um because it would be very different if it was just yellow um, and no blue, as in there's blue in the Ukraine flag. So, yeah, they liked that. Really liked the goalie top too. I think the green goalie mm. top was really smart. Really liked that. Um, mm. Nice to see Hearts had the the t-shirt on before yeah. the game too. When the and you can see in my background where the picture was being taken. I think um, no, it was a really good show of solidarity between between the two clubs um, and you know for Ukraine as well and. Long may that continue as well. I'd like to see. I'd like to see more of that. Um, but I think I think it was it was really nice. Really a nice touch. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a nice touch as well. I thought it was nice just to show a wee bit of appreciation for the the work that Stevie does with the Denebro kids and all that. Uh, I thought it was a nice touch, and I think that to see people greeting about the blue strips and that it just says to me like some folk are just moan about anything. Like Hibs fans will moan about anything. Like it's ridiculous. I mean. 
It's a blue. T- it's a bit. Of, it's a blue t-shirt. It's a yellow t-shirt with a bit of blue in it, like Camden. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit. Of, it, it, it's a bit of cloth. It's no hurting you. You'd be better taking more interest in the team than the colour of the strip. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'd like to say. Bit, but... Sorry, Calvin. Interrupt. I like to see a lot of people. Hey, let me speak, man. <laughs> you interrupted me, so I'm getting you back. <laughs> um, I've got to say that a lot of the folk were complaining don't come to the women's games as well. So I'm just saying, didn't he complain about the strip when you didn't come to watch the team? I've, I've got to put that one out there as well. Um, but yeah, as somebody who supports the women's team and backs the women's team like a lot, and I've done a lot um, to support them, and obviously the girls all know me quite well, it was just really nice to see that um, because I know so many Ukrainian people as well, as I was saying, it was just really nice to get that connection there. Um, and obviously I had the Ukraine flag down with me as well. I even got myself on the telly. Um, so uh, it was uh, it was a nice touch of solid Aye. show of solidarity, yeah. I like I was saying, I feel like it was just showed you that like sometimes fans will be about anything. Like the one that got me as well was a couple of weeks ago. Like obviously Josh Taylor was like one of the Scottish fighters that defended his belt, and I know quite a lot of folk, and I like him because he made a, a tweet about Rangers and that. But like all the club done, like they've had them along at like function suites and that before. All they done was say was well done for like retaining the belt, and there's folk greeting about it. It's like just. Let it go over your head, just dead, 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 whatever. Hey, um, anyway, let's go on to the, the actual football. Jack, what was your thoughts in the first half leading up to before we scored? Uh, you went for a 1 0 prediction, I went 4 0. Charlie got it right with 4 1. Come on, so, uh, what was your thoughts on <clears throat> leading up to the first goal? What was your thoughts, mate? I, I would say, like, um, I've got, I've just got to say, first of all, it was great to see us um, stick with the same lineup. Um, obviously, all, the only difference was Rosie Livingston um, on the bench instead. Um, I thought it was great to see us stick with the same lineup because um, I thought the two up top really worked well against Motherwell. Um, we looked a lot more dangerous up top, um, and we were moving the ball about a lot better. Yeah, it was a typical derby game for me. Um, the first half, you're very, very physical. Hearts to me, were set up not to lose. Instead of trying to... I think at Tynecastle, they might have been a lot more open and a lot more up for it because of the sort of occasion. To me, you've seen a lot of, a lot of what you've seen out of Hartslam in this season, which was a very defensive, very much, you know, physical, break us down. They were hardly out their half. You know, they, they didn't really offer much to us at all. There was a few sort of marauding runs from Aaron Rennie and that, but apart from that... You know, Hearts didn't offer anything at all, and we were just really, really, really unlucky um, with the with the chances. You know, we had a raft of chances, and they just could not find the back of the net. You know, Alexa had a few. Um, the Hearts keeper made a few good saves, and by the way, I didn't know this until I see it. The Hearts keeper is actually a big hubby. I didn't know this, so uh, there you go. I'd, I'd be questioning your choices in life, hen, um, playing for the Hearts. But uh, I think uh, she was a hubby, to be honest with you. Well, to be fair, some of the mistakes she was making, I think it was quite obvious when you were saying that she was... I actually was joking with Cal, was saying, oh, maybe she's a hubs fit, it turns out she was. Um, but, but yeah, no, I think like we were, we were um, quite unlucky with some of the chances. Then there was the one we should have had, a go- it should have been 5-1, actually. Um, uh, we scored, but it was disallowed for some Cal- reason. Uh, it was a handball they were saying on the TV, which I didn't see. I didn't see a handball in there at all. Um, uh. I think the referee was... Not very good at all yesterday. You know, didn't let the game flow. Very stop start. Um, and Joel, Joel got booked for absolutely nothing to be honest. Like so, basically a Hearts player went on a run, and she turned Joel. Joel would try to get the ball, and obviously Hearts player. I'm going to say the girl went down a bit easy. There was no intention for Joel or anything like that. Um, and I don't think the Hearts player actually had control of the ball when she went down either. So 
not a yellow card. And then uh, not long after that, we should have had a penalty. Amy Gallagher brought down in a very much the same fashion. It's a consistency thing for me that if Joel got booked for that challenge, and surely Amy Gallagher should have won a penalty for the one the Hearts player did to her. So for me, yeah. that one was, so we should have had a penalty and we should have had, um, Cav should have scored. And I think Cav was deserving of a goal. She was excellent. Um, yeah, she has been in the two previous derbies as Cav's well. A, Cav's a big game player. Cav and Amy Gallagher, both of them on the wings were fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, Amy Gallagher and Cav, um, they always step up for the big games. They're big game players. Um, and again, the two of them should be in the Scotland squad for me. For my money, both of them should be in the Scotland squad. Shannon Leishman as well. She was excellent. Shannon Leishman put in an excellent shift and uh, got herself a um, deserved goal. But yeah, um, I thought leading up to the goal, yeah, we were brilliant. You know, dominating possession. Um, hardly let Hearts um, do anything with the ball. I guess I was saying, um, just to sort of repeat myself there, they barely were out of their own half. And then the goal came... And we were actually sitting saying, you know, if, if we get a set piece, that'll really, they, they're not good at dealing with them. And what yeah. happened, we, we get Spall swung in for the <clears> corner. Alexa manages to latch on it. Very well taken goal. 1-0 Hibs. Excellent for me. Excellent, well taken goal. Yeah, it, looked like, it looked like a bit of a fluke for like leading up to the goal as well. Like my point of view is like, I thought, I I thought we looked all right. I thought we looked, um, <clears throat> I, you would have been a bit nervous leading, I think. Just I was nervous. But I felt all right. I didn't feel like Hearts offered much, like, one of the things I was thinking is the difference between playing Hearts at Easter Road and Tencast was I seen since they've brought this last year and this new coach, I actually seen a big improvement in Hearts at Tencastle. But then when we played them yesterday, I think it was maybe just the occasion. Didn't get me wrong, they were a bit better. And I think Hearts have got quite a few good players, but I just don't think they've got enough to make a team. They've got a few in a good positions. Like the front three is no bad. Uh, the two the two folk out in the wing in the last year front weren't any bad, they weren't great, but they could get the ball down and run at Hibs. And I thought they were quite successful a few times and then we you know, cut the hearts in her mouth a few times. It was quite scary. Yeah, it was but, um, sort of. Um, but the, I wouldn't say the goal was a fluke. She knew what was... She no, knew no, no. It, it, look, it looked like a fluke. It looked like a fluke from where we were sitting because it sort of looked like it just was like a bit of a rammy that ended up in the top corner. But if you've seen the highlights, she hooks her she, foot around the front of the heart. She can see it coming, exactly. It into the top corner. So it was a really, really good finish. Like, And that's what... We, I think that's something that Alexa's really added to in terms of our game. And I think Dean sort of touched this on his post-match that Alexa's very much a player that sort of needed to get the ball to her feet and then go, if you see what I mean. So she was more at scoring one-on-one chances or headers. Now she's a player that she's sort of become a bit of that fox in the box where she can get the um, ball. She knows when the ball's going to come in and she can just sort of go for it. Um, and take a shot, which is good. We needed that. And I think it was a, it was a well-taken <clears> goal from Alexa. Half-time, I'm sitting there. I'm happy, obviously, again, it, I, I'm, I'm like this in any derby, you know. My, my arse is like a cigar cutter in any derby, to be honest, because I just, I can't deal with it. I can't deal with the pressure. Um, but yeah, I think half-time, there was no really any complaints to me apart from uh, really just sort of we were unlucky with the chances. Again, that's not really a complaint because genuinely we were unlucky. I think you couldn't yeah. see, see if we were two or three up at half time, you couldn't have complained. The hearts couldn't have complained no, if we're two we, or three we, up at we, half time. We um, should have been, to be fair. We, we really should have been because, like I said, we, we had that goal to slide. We should have had a penalty, and there was a few of the chances we just got really unlucky. We, you know, Alexa was unlucky not to have a hat trick, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I think t- sitting half time, you go, yeah, good stuff from us, good level of intensity. So, I, I think overall, a very good first half, and it just shows you that while hearts have improved, we're still the big team, eh? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, like you're saying, I, I think the first half was it was good overall. I think Hibs put a lot of pressure on Hearts, a lot of pressure. Like you said, they were hardly ever out their own half, uh, and it looked like Hibs were really hungry uh, for quite a few goals. And so, half time, 
Uh, Joe Murray gets subbed off. Uh, Shannon McGregor comes on. The positive attacking change. Uh, four minutes later, uh, four minutes into the half, we got our second goal via Mickey McLoney. Um, and it was a well-taken strike. It was something I think we needed to do. We needed to test their goalkeeper a wee bit more in terms of distance because she, she was a bit shaky. Like whenever you had a shot, uh, there was a few balls in the first half that um, you know she was trying to play with her feet, or she caught and she sort of made a wee bit of a of a mess of it. So it was good to see that we put her under pressure, shooting from distance, and Mickey gets the second goal. That was a, um, for me. That was a pick of the bunch. That goal, and I've got to say, I, again, you know, fair. I, I've got to say, Dean, in the last couple of games, his subs have been spot on. That one was excellent. We um, drink. Obviously, Jill had to come off because she actually got a wee bit of a knock. I think that's the reason she got taken off. But you, you could have easily put another defender on. He could have put Ria back because obviously Ria's can be a defensive player if need be. He could have put Ria back or brought Jenna Penman on. But instead, he brought on an attacking change, knowing that he wanted to go for it. And I think Shannon McGregor made that bit of the difference for us. You know that sort of awareness she has in midfield. Um, and uh, I'd say if you were comparing Shannon McGregor to a sort of player at the men's team, I'd say in terms of what she does, she's a bit like Scott Allen. Um, obviously, when Scott Allen was at his prime, she she sort of plays that sort of role, uh, getting things going. Um, and you're sort of big creative player in midfield. So uh, Shannon McGregor made the difference. But I, Mickey, you know, again, there's another big game player. Mickey steps up in a lot of the big games, and she is a very, very good player. We're lucky to have her from Spartans because I know a lot of other clubs are interested. So. It was like we're lucky to get Mickey, and yeah, it was an amazing shot. And that goal was a pick of the bunch for me. Um, just well, well struck to, effort. It was quite similar to Alexa's second goal last week. Yeah, um, it was very similar. That well struck effort, and um, yeah, it, it was great. And of course, um, it was it was actually good funny touch of the heartskeeper because one of my one of my throwaway comments, which I'm good at making, um, was saying that she was the female Zlamal, um, comparing that to bad heartskeepers. She was a bit like the female Zlamal. So. Uh, yeah, there's a blast of the past for all you jambos. Anyway, um, or, or, or well, if, if she's a hippie, we'll say she's the female zibby instead. Um, but yeah, she wasn't. She, she, so anyway, I what was I going to say? Sorry, Calvin. Um, I got a bit backtracked there, but I think yeah, that was great for Mickey, and um, it's good again. It's good to see that Mickey's getting in amongst the goals again. Um, so obviously she had that operation. She was out for a wee while. She's coming back. Twenty twenty two. She's made it her year. I think I've been really impressed with her. For me, she's one of our best players. Uh, Mickey McElhone, definitely one of our best players. Really sort of come into our own recently, but yeah, well struck um, effort from her. Great play from us leading up to the goal as well. Um, and yeah, at two at two nil, I was like, yeah, I think I think we're going to be going for a big one here um, because at that point you sort of looked like Hearts' heads went down a bit. And obviously uh, towards yeah, the end, they actually sort of did. came in uh, a bit more. Obviously they got their goal back, but after two nil, you could their heads dropped and uh, you could tell that we were on track for uh, natural order continuing. Exactly. So just to sort of end up, Shannon Leishman uh, sort of ran down the wing. Looks like it took a bit of a fluke, bit of a bit of a deflection. Um, and after the third one went in, I think the game was well and truly over. Like you said, Hearts' heads went went right down. And then up steps a uh, friend of the podcast, Ailey Adams, the hammerer of Hearts, and uh, a good run of play as it sort of swayed across the front, passed on the front, and she just taps home uh, for the fourth goal. What was your yeah. thoughts on the fourth goal there, Jack and Ailey Adams? After being out injured, back again in time to hammer hearts once more. I mean, it was, I think it was a bit of poetic justice because obviously it was a hearts player that injured her. So it was a bit of poetic justice. And I think I said it on my own Twitter account, but Ailey is, an, Ailey is a fantastic young player that deserves every moment like that she gets. You know, at 17 year old, she's scored in three Edinburgh derbies back to back. I mean, 
There's no many 17-year-old players that can say that, can they? That they're scored no. against the biggest rivals back-to-back. Um, the amount of hard work rate in the game was outstanding as well. Like, the whole, across yeah, the whole game. Yeah, good like, with Chirp, hopefully. Yeah. Same um, as I last week. Just, she's, she's a tank, Hayley. She's not afraid to sort of get in there and sort of get battered in and get physical up front and really sort of um, fight for the ball. And yeah, it was an excellent... I think, for me, it was a well-taken goal. Um, Leishman's goal was really good as well. And again, Shannon's a massive Hibs fan and another product of the academy. So it's great to see you. We had um, two academy players on the score sheet. Um, which is which is great to see um, in the form of Shannon and Ailey. So, again, that shows the conveyor belt of talent that we're bringing through. Um, but, yeah, Ailey, for me, it was amazing. And you could tell how much it meant. You could see her celebrations. Um, so, yeah, it was it was great to see Ailey scoring. And um, she really deserves every good moment she gets. Another academy product, another young star, Rosie. Rosie was very unlucky not to score. Um, I thought the way she picked the ball in midfield and right just then, went. Yeah. I've got to say, you know, for a for a fifteen year old girl that's just been brought into the first team, it's like she's like a duck to water. Honestly, you know the way she just gets that ball in midfield, shrugs the Hearts player off, runs right through. I think obviously she maybe wasn't expecting to get that far, so obviously the shot wasn't um, great. But uh, yeah, I think yeah that was unfortunate for Rosie, but great to see Rosie um, coming on and getting her moment and stepping up like that. So. Yeah, I, 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 that was great. And then obviously Hearts' goal was a bit frustrating, but you can't deny them that. It was, it was, it was a good passage of play from them. And it wasn't, it wasn't frustrating, mate. I predicted 4-1, so I was oh, buzzing when they it, scored. It's frustrating. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Well, it's frustrating for me. Because... Was, the word that, was the word that Dean used in his post-match interview. He said oh, it was frustrating. I agree with him annoying, well. annoying to lose a goal. It is annoying I... to lose a goal because it's it's better. If we're going to, if we're going to play Hearts, it's better to show absolutely no mercy whatsoever. Because I, I I just really hate the hurts, eh? Um, but you know, for me, it was it was a bit of a frustrating. But I, I I thought we were excellent. The second half for me was actually better than the first half for our performance wise because we were getting more chances. I think and we were we were sort of being more effective for the chances. Um, and again, yeah. Hearts didn't really trouble us in the second half apart for their goal. But yeah, it was just an excellent performance. Another derby, and I've actually got some stats I want to bring up. I tweeted this out in the podcast account earlier, but we've won five Edinburgh derbies in a row now. So we obviously had the six 0 at Ainsley Park in 2021, two 0 away at the Orium in 2021, the three 0 at Easter Road, the three one at Tyne Castle, and obviously the four one yesterday. So it's 18 goals scored and two conceded in the last. Um, five Edinburgh derbies and that's what I call natural order I've got to say you know, it, it, it's great to see us being so dominant over Hearts and you can tell the girls really step step up for that game and they know how much a derby means and that's what I like to see with my players and every single one of them deserved that it was an excellent team performance and again just kicking on for the Motherwell game um, to see another good team performance is just absolutely excellent so yes all I've got to say is Edinburgh's green and white natural order baby so's, uh, so's Livingston yeah, you <laughs> Right, guys, quickly, two minutes. Um, I was going to quickly say so, man of the match was Siobhan Hunter. Um, I think that's pretty fair. I think that's all they got Siobhan was really solid and she made a lot, quite a lot of, um, she cut out a lot of their attacks, snuffed out a lot of their attacks, and played a lot of good through balls as well. Um, yep. Right, used to, you're off to Partick Thistle, or uh, you're off to Easter Road to watch the women play Partick Thistle. Charlie, are you looking forward to the game? I'm excited, mate. I'm I'm excited to be at Easter Road. It's been a while since the women last played there. A couple of months now, so looking forward to it, mate. It should be a good night. Looking forward to seeing some cracking football as well. Good. Jack, obviously you'll be excited. Uh, how much are you looking forward and what are you expecting the result to be? 
Absolutely buzzing. Anyway, I no, it's it's uh, just it's just good to be. It's good to see the girls back at Easter Road. I think it's great to see um, the club providing that um, because obviously it's a midweek games. Levy are training, um, and if we hadn't have had Easter Road Rail, well, I'd probably have played in Pennycook. So it's great to see us getting another night at Easter Road under the lights. Yeah. Um, I I think it's going to be a confident win. Um, Partick are obviously. Um, Partick obviously bought me the league, um, and it looks like they'll be heading straight back down to SWPL two. Um, Good, we need the wages out of our league. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, it looks like Partick will be heading straight back down. Obviously, they weren't even meant to be in the league; they replaced Forfar Farmington, who um, folded. So yeah, I, I, I think it should be a confident win. Obviously, we actually lost to Partick away earlier on in the season, but I think that was a bit of a freak result for me. I think Easter Road, a big pitch under the lights. I think it'll be a confident win. I genuinely think we could be looking at another big one. And I, and I think you'll know, bring the momentum in for the big win over Motherwell and the, obviously a derby win. You'll be buzzing after that as well. Um, bringing in the momentum, I genuinely think we'll get a big win. There are three games that I knew we'd get maximum points out of anyway. So hopefully we just get that. And again, it brings momentum heading into the big game at Parkhead on Saturday as well. So I think it's a game we just need to win, get out of the way, get a big result, big confident result, get a good performance in there. So yeah, Easter Road under the lights. Um, I'm just really looking forward to it. I think it will be a confident um, win from the girls because, as I said, Partick aren't a great side. I think they're all right, but they aren't a great side. So the girls should get confidently on home turf. Good stuff. Right, let's round this podcast up. Let's jump on to the Hibs quiz. So We know doing score predictions. I asked you for your score prediction. You never gave me one. You neither just neither on did one. he. Neither you just did kept he. on talking. <laughs> right, OK. Well, Give a score prediction. Just a score prediction. Go. Right, okay, I'm going to say 6-1 Hibs. Wow, 6-1. Charlie? 9-0 Hibs. 9-0? <laughs> come on, come on. 9-0? I want oh, some no. of what he's been having. Exactly. It'll be a big win, but I can't see it being that big. Good stuff. Right, that's a very good uh, in-depth um, analysis of the game, guys. That was really, really good. I enjoyed that. Right, let's jump on to the high-B quiz and let's see how you how you do in this one then. Oh, so, God. Start with three questions. We'll go with the men's questions first. Right. What number does Dylan take for Hibs? Oh, you're having a laugh. He's not even playing a He's game. not even a Hibs player. <laughs> oh, he is. Has he got a squad number? Got a squad number on the bloody internet anyway. <laughs> oh, God. Who's starting? <laughs> I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to take a guess because I, I, I kept him at the club on football manager, but I might have changed his squad number. I'll use his football manager squad number that I'm using on my Hibs save. And, and by the way, he's turned into an absolute baller on um, my football manager save. I'm going to say he's 24. Chaz? Uh, I think he's uh, 40. 40. Nah, he'd be wrong. He is indeed number 28, currently out on loan. Aye. There we go. I hate <laughs> you for that one. I, Questions I are getting harder. Well, who are you going to ask? <laughs> is, who, what's Lucy Ronald's number? <laughs> no, 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 not the women's question. Jet, mate, just you hung fire. Right. <laughs> oh, God, Second that's going to be on How many first-team players are currently out on loan? First team. First team. Oh, bugger. Um, right. uh, um, six, six. Um, wait, that's, just a guess. that's just a guess. Like, I'm, I'm having to think here, right? Um, try to get hard questions for you this time. I hate you, I really do. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, 
Oh, right. I, I, I don't know, because I know, I know, right, Tate and Gogic, for sure, because we've loaned Gogic out to St Mirren. Well, that's two. Right, that's, that's two, right, and those are the only ones I can actually think of um, right now. Oh, wait, no, 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 because Jack, I think... You, you better not be Googling that. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, right. Then there's, there's J- Jamie Murphy's on loan at Marcus. I'm going to go for three, because... Uh, oh, no. Nah. Sean Mackey's on loan. Is he? There's four. Aye. So you've got Gogic, I'm gonna go you've for got Murphy, you've got Mackey. I thought we just got good. And Mackay. Uh, da- Dan Mackay and then Stevie Bradley. They're six. Bradley's, Brad, uh, is Bradley classed as a first-team player? Though? Neither of the two are classed as first-team players on the, Hibs, on the official website, apparently. Is it four? The answer is four. Is it? Mac, no. I don't right. care who you get a bloody point to there. You basically helped each other. You two are inseparable. <laughs> it's because uh, you're the one. Oh, it, it's I give you a point each. Listen, if you didn't, you are getting you are getting it next week. Listen, by the way. if you if your knowledge of the club isn't that great, then look, then you come blaming me. <laughs> right? Who's who was the goal scorer in 1875? Um, first I'm asking, I'm asking the questions. You love your son, <laughs> right? Number three, I'll give you a point each. Right, we're on one one. What is the highest shirt number someone has worn for Hibs and who was it? Oh, who's going for this? Either of you, mate, just jump in, just shout in. Go on, Jack, you go first. I don't know. I, I, I can the answer, like, so Jack, you go. I know who I thought it was, but when I looked it up, it was different. I know, I, no, I, I don't, seriously, I don't pay attention to this sort of shite, so, uh, I'm just going, he's bottled at the night. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to forfeit. I'm going to forfeit. Oh, Charlie's got the point. Guess, no, guess. no, no, no. I own it genuinely. I thought I passed. Charlie, right, the, answer the, is, the answer is number 99, and it was Mikel Antoine Courier. Pa- that is what I thought. That oh, is it's no, he wore that. It's, it's 91, eh? Uh-huh. Paulson. Oh, yeah. Yes. Courier wore Charlie. I thought 99 uh, Courier, and I looked it up to double check. And I was wrong. Paulson, eh? Paulson, number 91, aye. Nah, so, uh, I thought I knew it. <laughs> good stuff. Right, Jack, we bit, restore a wee bit of pride here. You'll do well here, right? The women's game. Women's, right. God, I'll ask, you, I'll ask you in an easier order so you can build some confidence. So, who scored the first Edinburgh Derby goal this year? The first Edinburgh Derby goal. That was the game at Easter Road and it was a certain Miss Alexa Coyle, our... Uh, Captain America, she got the header um, at the. Anyway, are you talking about this year? I'm talking about this year, eh? Well, oh, no, no, I'm talking about this season. This, oh, this season. season. Right. Come on! Right, <laughs> um, right okay. I, I'm going to say. Oh, yeah, it was Alexa. It was Alexa. Right. You, you threw me. You need to word your questions better. So it was Alexa Coyle. Ah, yeah, it was, it was Alexa Coyle and uh, Tutu. Well done, yes. Alexa Coyle. Right, what shirt number is Kirsty Morrison? Anyone can go first. 29. 29. Oh, well done. Inseparable again. Right, last one. Let's have a wee look at Hibs Women in Europe. How many British clubs have we faced in European competition? British clubs? Right. It's, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's one. Cardiff Mets. Cardiff Mets in Champions League qualifying. Charlie? Three. I can confirm you're actually both wrong. Both wrong. Is it two? The answer is two. Two uh, two European teams were faced. 
Um, Jack, you were correct with Cardiff Met. We played them in the championship. We played them in the qualifying round in 2019. Who's, who's the second one? The second one is Swansea City. Oh, I forgot about that one. Two both Welsh teams. Both Welsh teams, I both Welsh teams. So I think Charlie, I think you edged that one there. Nah, it was two there was two two. Need a tie your, break. Well, you nah. got your you got your courier one uh, Well I forfeited nah. that, yeah. Oh wow. Well. But then again he well we got it wrong, I got but I thought it was. Would you like me to quickly think of a tiebreaker? I go on then. And if it finishes three all we'll call it a draw. <laughs> yeah, you can kiss and make up. Um <laughs> right. Um I've got a bloody nasty streak, eh? Gosh, let me think of a quick tiebreaker. Um, right. What colour's the third shirt? Yellow. I win. Way! <laughs> blue. <laughs> ah, blue. <laughs> right. Um, I'm going on Twitter and say you said the shirt's blue. I'm no happy. Don't know if you guys will get this one. Right. Coaching staff. We question on the coaching staff. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> right. What country is Valerio Zudas from? Oh, bugger. Uh, Croatia? No, 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 not Croatia. You've got to take his first answer there. I can, I've got to take it, Charlie. Okay, I'll say Croatia, I'll say Croatia. Please say you get it right. I think it's Slovakia, but it's probably wrong. No, you're both wrong. Right, Jesus Christ. Well, Um, I think we just call it a draw then, eh? Aye, it's a draw. We'll call it a draw. The answer is Italy. What is it? Uh, well, yeah. to be fair, if we're doing it by what country's nearer, Croatia's just over the water for Italy, so <laughs> oh, I get no, the point. I'll have one ultimate tiebreaker. Oh, God, yeah, this, is, this is going to go on for ages. We'll be right, here until the morning. Right, here we go. How many followers does the Strong Opinion Hibs podcast have on Twitter? <laughs> I'll, give 1, it, I'll give you to the nearest 10. 1,100. 1,045. Charlie's the winner. It's 1,054. I'll give it to the closest. Unlucky, Jack. That was, <laughs> I, was, I, I, I thought we had more. A harder, a harder one than I for years. I've never seen you struggle. I'm never, I'm never forgiving you for that, by the way. Aye. I'm about to hell on you next time I'm doing the quiz. Exactly. Calvin. I don't know what you're same. Talking. You're same, Calvin. You're the same. Um, you're right. getting anyway. hell for me. That was a very in-depth podcast, an hour and 16 minutes. Uh, if you made it through it, well done. Or if you're lying dead listening to this somewhere because you've been bored bored to death, fair enough. Or uh, if you've just fed up with me getting competitive and, and telling Calvin I hate him and telling him to go fuck himself then. <laughs> <laughs> because, because uh, yeah, and this is, why I could, by the way, this is why I could never be a football manager, by the way, ever. Because it wouldn't yeah. end well. Listen, didn't get mad at me, get mad at Dylan Tate. Anyway, <laughs> it's because I gave him the number 24 on football manager. Oh, new follower. Who could this be? Is this this could put the numbers <laughs> in the podcast up as we speak? <laughs> Currently, now sitting at we've gone downhill. Jack, you were still miles away. <laughs> anyway, oh, get a wee dig in, why don't you? <laughs> sorry, I had to. Right, I better sum this up because I'm going to go get my dinner. Uh, I'm starving. Also, and... my arse is numb, so please do hurry up. Okay, <laughs> so my legs are numb, too. Uh, finish, right. it, finish it, finish it. Used to enjoy the Partick Thistle match. We'll be back to discuss that uh, next week. Uh, until next time, when the Hibs.